as the U.S. Supreme Court right now is hearing arguments in the Trump ballot case. They are deciding whether Trump can be allowed on the ballot or if his alleged attempts to subvert the 2020 election disqualified him. Here's his attorney just moments ago, Jonathan Mitchell. Officer of the United States refers only to appointed officials, and it does not encompass elected individuals such as the president or members of Congress. All right, let's take a look at the legal arguments, a closer look with criminal defense attorney, former DOJ criminal division senior trial attorney, Richard Serafini. Richard, good to have you here. Okay, so essentially Trump's side is arguing that even though if you are somebody who has participated in an insurrection and you were sworn uh, to hold an oath of office, you cannot be disqualified because you're the president. Is that right? Well, that's the argument. I don't know if the word right is is appropriate in the, in this context, but that's the argument they're making. Um, is there I, is there any precedent for for this? First of all, no, there's no precedent. This is a, this is uh, as far as I, I know the first, certainly the first time that uh, the Fourteenth Amendment has been used uh, in the context of a presidential election. There may have been an occasion uh, earlier on, uh, rather like right in the aftermath of the Civil War, where it may have been used. But um, but but as far as as something of this import, nothing nothing even close to it. Okay, so the essence of the argument is, if you've taken part in some sort of an insurrection, you should not be able to hold office, right? So they're arguing that. And I think at the same time, they're also, I'm, I'm distilling this, obviously, Trump's lawyer, Jonathan Mitchell, so far in the arguments that we've been listening in on in the past 45 minutes, he's also saying that this is not, quote unquote, self-executing, meaning that you would need Congress to say, Congress to also step in and say, no, he can't be on the ballot. Well, that I think is the stronger argument. And what what basically the argument I, I think comes down to is that there's really no infrastructure for the um, for the enforcement of uh, of the amendment and the, um, uh, the 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 section of the amendment, section three. Uh, basically, it says if you're if you engage in if you held an office and you where you had to swear to uh, to allegiance to the Constitution and to enforce it, and then you engaged in this direction or gave aid or abetted an insurrection, uh, you, you can't hold these offices. Um, what, uh, what the argument is, is that there's no basic legal infrastructure for determining if the individual, in this case Trump, engaged in insurrection or fell within the parameters of, of Section 3. Uh, Congress has never done it. The, third, the uh, clause, uh, the uh, section itself, Section 3, doesn't lay out how that determination is made. And so that is is the argument uh, regarding regarding on the infrastructure or the failure of Congress. I don't think that, um, who knows, it's never been done before. So maybe the, the, the Supreme Court will say that Congress has to be the one to make a determination. Um, but I, I certainly, I would, I, I would not be surprised to see the Supreme Court say that there has to be some infrastructure and this is is the infrastructure that we 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 we're imposing, or simply say there's no infrastructure until Congress uh, establishes one? Um, we can't make a determination. Something mm. that that nature may be the ultimate result, but 
but who knows? Yeah, that almost makes it sound like, I mean, this is obviously a wildly politically charged case before the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, arguably even more so than Bush Gore in 2000. So if they uh, decide to put the onus on Congress, they're essentially punting, right? But I mean, they have to make some sort of a decision swiftly. Yes. Right. Yeah, they do. They they do. They have to make some sort of uh, of a decision. And and uh, uh, look, it's, at this point, it's anybody's guess what they're going to do. And it may be it may be at this point there. Unlike a lot of cases, there may be uh, a number of justices, and and that number may be nine, who are looking at this and kind of figuring, okay, exactly what steps you know, what do I think? How you know? How am I going to come down on this? And ultimately, what's what are we going to do, or what am I going to when I get into into conference with the other justices? You know, what are the important points that 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 I want to emphasize, or what? How have I been persuaded? I think it would be interesting. Unfortunately, we're not there um, to to hear the questions that the judges are, that the justices are going to ask during the argument. And typically, in a Supreme Court argument, you you're you're interrupted um, often. By uh, by the justices uh, to pose questions and sometimes hypotheticals. Yeah, I, I, very interested in after the fact in finding out uh, what questions uh, the justices wanted asked and what what seemed to be on their mind regarding regarding the uh, the interpretation and going forward. Right. With Section Three, I mean, clearly it's in the Constitution. I mean, you can't we certainly can't pretend that it's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes it difficult case. And Richard, to your point about this being fascinating, fascinating just that these hearings are being live streamed from the U.S. Supreme Court. We are keeping a very close ear and we will have another CBS News special report. Richard Serafini, we thank you for your legal insights.